Welcome to Alternatives to AA. This is Joshua Robinson, and I've been three years sober. And I'm Monique Robinson, and I'm two years sober. And we're here on a mission to help make the difficult journey of sobriety even easier to manage. Nobody in my world ever thought that I'd actually manage to be sober. So now we're taking what we've learned in the last decade to be able to help you too. And we're not against AA. We just need to learn how to manage the other 23 hours of the day. From communication to relationships to self-care, we're going to show you how to cope when your triggers try to take you down. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. to uncover not only how to live without alcohol, but to thrive in sobriety and to swap out your addiction for a better life with the help of Alternatives to AA. So let's go. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Alternatives to AA. We're going to talk about boundaries and their importance in sobriety. Yeah, definitely. So boundaries are very important in regards to sobriety. And there's two specific boundaries that we really want to talk to you guys about today. There's one that you place on yourself and there's the boundaries that you put up for people in your life. Yeah. And um, one of the main benefits of putting up proper boundaries is uh, the safety of your own well-being. You know, it's possible to put up so many boundaries that that that's like a hindrance. But generally speaking, most people, especially in this day and age, uh, probably have an issue with not putting up enough boundaries because, you know, they're trying to be the nice person, you know. And so all that kind of stuff, just accepting whatever somebody says or does can hurt you. You know, um, absolutely. So more often than not, the problem with boundaries is they're not concrete or they're no boundaries at all. Absolutely. And I mean, some people that are in this situation, like if you come from a narcissistic or a like, like abusive household, you might not even think you have the right to have boundaries or have the right to even maintain boundaries. But that's where a lot of people fall into this trap. Um, there are no boundaries in these households for a reason because the abuser has complete and total control of your mind, body, and soul. And they use it and abuse it in any way they want to. And if this is what you experienced growing up, we're really sorry because there's, there's nothing worse than trauma going through that kind of stuff and having to cope with it as an adult and try to understand, like, that was not your fault and you did nothing wrong. So Yeah, that's a that's a big part of it, thinking that you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And were you the narcissist? Because sometimes, you know, you might eventually if someone pushes you and abuses you enough, you might say, Fuck you or you might you know, you might yell at them, you might you're gonna eventually everyone has a certain point, a breaking point. And then, of course, then they use that and say, Oh, you're you're a bad person, this or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but um yeah, like I went through this like a couple months ago with uh, setting up my own boundaries. It's actually like, you know, this is it's a hard thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably one of the hardest things I ever did. So, yeah, it's just after doing it, my anxiety got a lot lower, you know, and it it's still it's still something that's very upsetting because, you know, you have to take people out of your life that have been a part of your life for a long time and it can hurt a lot. But it's something that long term is going to benefit you so like short term it might seem like oh maybe this isn't worth it um to set up these boundaries Mm -hmm. um but you know i have support from monique and other people and um you know now i feel way way more in control of my life which is good it just it still hurts right like i guess for me it was like a codependency thing Mm -hmm. thinking about it now um 
uh, with my mom, and I had just had to stop talking to her. Um, don't know if she'll ever listen to this, but that would be interesting. <laughs> but it was just me and you know, I, I since a early age, I kind of had to like it's kind of weird, but kind of like take care of my mom in a lot of ways, and I wasn't able to really uh, like be a kid myself. So. Yeah, you was, had to parent the parent. Yeah, so that's was upsetting. So I didn't really get to have a childhood, but you know we're about to have kids, so we can experience that through our kids yes. in some ways. So yeah, it, it's it. This is like a really good podcast because it's a really important one, but it's a really hard one. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so also, you know, by by cutting my mom off and just saying like I'm done for good, I've done it like two, three usually two or three months and I'd go back she'd say everything's gonna be better like and then it just wouldn't last you know it lasts a couple of days a week or something mm-hmm. but uh yeah like so since doing this like my thinking's a lot clearer I'm going to school and like all these other things and you know I honestly didn't think it was gonna be this hard to talk about this but it really is it's like a it's a really hard one um, well I mean especially for Josh you know like it's his mom. It's someone who's been in his life for 34 years. It's someone you want to rely on. But that's where, again, these boundaries are so important to talk about because even some of the hardest ones are the most important ones for you to put up boundaries with. Mm-hmm. Um, so- I've, I've even had to do it with people who used to take advantage of me a little bit more. Um, I've just had to say no. Mm. And there's been a little bit of pushback. But fortunately for me, the people I'm talking about have accepted it and decided to change with me. But unfortunately for Josh, that was not the case. So you do have to decide, like, is if this person listens to my boundaries, you can keep them in your life. Mm. If they do not... Then you take a break, you know, whether it be permanent or temporary, um, you do take a break. I know with my intense drinking, there was people who even had to put up boundaries with me. Um, One of my best friends worked with me for a long time, and I always thought I kept missing them at the punch, like at the clock. We call it the punch clock. (laughs) And it turned out they were asking someone else to punch them out because... They were so afraid to see me because I was literally dying in front of their eyes with how bad my addiction was at the time. And they didn't tell me this until I was uh, a year, a little over a year sober. And it was kind of just like even that was a revelation. But like, you know, people do put up boundaries for you, too. And I was willing to accept that boundary, like, you know, because... She had to do it to keep her sanity, (laughs) whereas, like, you know, I just kind of was, like, rolling with it at the time. But I'm proud of that person for doing that because it was hurting them so badly to see me that destructive that they took it upon themselves to be like, no, I can't do this. Here's my boundary. So it's the same thing with Josh. It's just it's a much more intense relationship. So. The boundaries, that's why we wanted to bring it up to you guys today. Um, The importance of boundaries can make or break your sobriety. Um, So we really wanted to discuss that and give you pointers if we could and tell you everybody going through this does struggle with it at some point or another. It's part of 
you growing and healing through the process. Um, it's, it's it's definitely like self-love at its highest. It really is. It doesn't feel like it at times because, like Josh said, it's very painful even to talk about it now. I feel like a feel like a jerk. Feel like I'm right. Feel like I'm being like a bad son or something like this. This is the feelings that are going through my head. Mm -hmm. But I know it's not true because I just can't deal with it anymore. And in regards to like my mind being clear, it's uh, just not thinking about what all like the things that could possibly happen like growing up you know and even when I was older still just well my mom would make situations dramatic on purpose just mm -hmm. so I would come and and help out or whatever yeah. and it was it's just it's so exhausting and yeah. I just you know we have a baby on the way I'm trying to do a podcast trying to get stronger at the gym trying to pursue you your know, degree pursue my degree starting most likely helping at open door in uh, Flemington. Mm -hmm. So like all these things, it's like, I can't, I, that's so much. I can't have, I literally can't, if I wanted to like still uh, have that relationship. I mean, it, and even talking about that, like in the past couple months, because he has said no, now the phone ringing or like getting a text message. Sometimes if it was like a week or so in between, like drama incidences is what I'll like to call it. He would start to flinch if the phone rang or if he got a text message or something. Mm. And I haven't seen you do that in a while. So like your anxiety is down, which in turn has made my anxiety go down. No, it's like so weird <laughs> though. Like, like, I don't know if my mom is going to watch this or not. Mm -hmm. And you know, I still care about my mom, obviously, but yeah, this is like giving me crazy anxiety because mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, is she going to, like see that I'm telling the truth about certain things or whatever, but it's definitely what's needed. And also with my dad, I did the same thing recently. He was kind of actually, you know, I'm just going to tell it all who cares. He, he was, you know, trying to come over here and, and kind of tell me, Oh, you need to go help mom. You need to help her out. She's sad. She's sad. And trying to also, like say I said certain things that I didn't to try to confuse me. And so that went on for like an hour. But then I, you know, by just consistently saying no, like when he was trying to, I guess, bait me with certain things, you know, he finally stopped trying to do that and actually started listening to me and what happened. And, you know, now I, now me and him are just like on a level instead of it being, you know, like, oh, he's my dad. Like, I'll do whatever for him. And that's really what has to happen. A lot of times it doesn't happen for people unless their dad dies. But their dad has to die, at least like metaphorically, for you to become the man that you have to be. Yeah. And like, so this these are all like really raw for me. But it's great because, you know, now there's more responsibility on me, but mm -hmm. it's good. Yeah. You know. And it's responsibility you choose, not mm -hmm. responsibility that gets thrown on you. Yeah. And, like, again, that's that's another boundary, too. Like, choosing which responsibilities you do want to tackle. Mm -hmm. um, like, like for you, I would say, you know, that's school, weightlifting, uh, taking care of me and our baby, yeah. like, stuff like that. Whereas, like, sometimes we would get a phone call and, you know, we don't live next door by any means. We live, you know, like half hour, 40 minutes away. Mm -hmm. And we would be asked to rush over in an emergent situation yeah. when really it was just somebody was fighting with somebody. 
Um, you know, it wasn't something that needed to be so intense and dramatic. And it was, it gave us both a lot of anxiety, much more you, obviously, but like, because of Josh's having anxiety, I would have anxiety from it um, and worry about it because it would affect him. Um, yeah, and I just didn't want anything like, you know, I was just trying to, you know, protect the nieces or whoever needed protecting, but... Mm -hmm. You know, because that's what you do best. What protecting? I try, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So it was, it was just a lot, and yeah, it's still really raw. But I thought that we should talk about it when it's still raw. And like I keep saying, like talking about it is actually like it's still hard. Mm -hmm. It's not. I mean, think about it. if you have a relationship with somebody for like thirty, four years. And then you kind of like let's say break up, right? It's it's a breakup of sorts. Does that doesn't mean it's like romantic, but right. and you know, you're not gonna get over that in a couple months. It still hurts, like no. it's it's just a lot and it and I wish it only took like a couple months, but I'm sure it'll probably take like more than a year or so, but still it's something that has to be done. It's not like you, you have to go through this pain or you're gonna go through like way worse the rest of your life and you're not actually going to be your own person mm -hmm. and i don't know to me that sounds a little scary yeah <laughs> and you know it could sound scary to you guys too but that's again like josh said we wanted to do this podcast when it was the most raw these things going on um so you could see like how it truly affects us so that way you know you're not alone because all the tools that we're trying to give you guys they're not easy you know, there's so many parts about getting sober that are not easy. And if you're listening to this, if you're thinking about it, or if you are sober, you know the struggle. You know the impact it has on yourself. And we just want you to know you're not alone. Like, we, I mean, Josh is four years sober. I'm almost three years sober. And we're still learning different things. And we want to learn with you guys. So you guys understand that this is this isn't something you can fix in a couple months um even necessarily a couple years you you're constantly working on yourself but in that way you're giving yourself the greatest self-love you will ever experience which therefore translates to more confidence and more ability to say no to the bottle or your drug of choice. Having self-love and confidence are really the key factors. But to do that, you need to do a bunch of little things to give yourself that stuff. Not artificial confidence, because I know we both experienced artificial confidence with drinking. Um, we think we were more fun or more sexy or more like, like loose, like, you know, whatever. But it was artificial. It wasn't real. Um, and now we experience the real confidence and the real, you know, different things. You know, we still struggle with it. We obviously still have anxiety. But we're much better equipped to deal with it these days, I would say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that's that goes back to the not questioning, like, what could happen. Because if we don't set any boundaries with somebody, they could do whatever to you, whatever, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So you have to be constantly thinking all day about every single thing. And, you know, it can help you later in life by, yeah. like, by seeing 
certain patterns and people and stuff like that. But, you know, it's uh, it's not a really good way to live because it's just really exhausting. It is. So at this point, you know, we've talked a lot already, but you're probably wondering what steps can you take to set up your boundaries in a way that can take control for your mind and body and spirit? Hmm. Yeah, the first step for setting up these boundaries for what you want your like hopes and dreams to be, you want to create a life that, you know, you're able to survive and thrive. If certain people don't respect these new boundaries, then, you know, they don't respect you as a person and you should limit time with them as they're taking away your energy. <laughs> they're just zapping you of energy that you need for your dreams. Mm-hmm. I mean, you surround yourself with those people and it's not going to be good. So you got to surround yourself with people that actually respect your new boundaries. Mm -hmm. And the ones that don't, you know, it's best to cut them off because if you don't, you're just dragging this dead weight, right? It's like you got like 200 pounds strapped to your back. Mm -hmm. You're like, but I love it. You know, it's (laughs) it's a bunch of gold or something. Yeah. But, you know. It's really just a bunch of rocks. It's just a bunch of crap that you literally don't need, but you think that it's valuable. So just cut that off. Just cut those people off, and you'll be able to start running towards your dreams instead of just slowly grinding towards them, if anything, because you're just weighed down. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this can be hard if it's like a a relative or a friend. Absolutely. Like, Like I said before that, you know, that's like what happened with my mom Mm -hmm. and it it hurts a lot like jordan peterson kind of described this as you know burning the dead weight or or, sorry uh burning like the dead wood or whatever that's inside of you Mm -hmm. and you know it could be a lot of you and then you you know you might think oh i don't have much left but that's actually what's good and the rest was just like holding you back like we were talking about before yeah so it's it's a really intense process Mm -hmm. but the benefit is insane like it's like night and day when you start to respect yourself yeah i mean Um, like you know josh with that being said like i mean it's reminding me of how they burn wood in a dead forest mm -hmm. to leave room for growth for new plants and new trees and everything like that. That's exactly what it reminds me of. And in a lot of ways, like that's even been going on with you. Um, like, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but obviously his weightlifting has exploded. Um, oh, yeah. He's been able to like lift more and do more. Um, you know, and there's been a lot of stuff we've been doing around the house in preparation for the baby. And he's just been able to really focus and help me through that. And just there's been a, a lot of ways where. Yes, it's hurt, but it's improved our lives. And that is such an important thing to tell you guys. So, And, and also, I don't think we would be um, good parents if we didn't do this yeah. beforehand. Because you have to be your own person yeah. to be a good parent. You can't have your mom or dad say, oh, you need to do this, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. It's not their kid, yeah. you know? And yeah, it's just it's something that needed to happen, so I did it. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't fun. So maybe if, you know, it didn't have to happen, I'd put it off. So the because the, these things are just so intense. It's like it's the same thing when when you get sober because you literally think you're going to die or something like that. Yeah. I mean, a part of you does die because, you know, if you especially like me, I stayed clean in like being fun when I would drink and yeah. being like, 
you know, Thanks. like I talked about before, like I would be looser, like so my anxiety was down, I would be fun, like, but the truth was I'd be that person for about an hour or two and then I turned nasty. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I was able to lie to myself to such a degree in addiction, it's incredible. Um, and now I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, everything is more real. Sometimes the bad can seem worse, but then the good seems a lot better too. So absolutely, it's just it's just a more full life. You actually get to experience these emotions that you might maybe didn't experience for ten years. Yeah, you know, and you know when they're coming up, you're like, oh crap! You know, you want to you get scared about it at first because oh, yeah. like, what's this? Like, mm -hmm. how do like, I cope with this? Yeah, you almost like forget about it. Yeah, but. No, it's just it's just such a better better way to live, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, going off of that, at this point, I think we've made it pretty pretty clear. But you might be wondering why boundaries are so important to getting and staying sober. Without boundaries, there's no freedom. That is something that we have learned in this process. The more boundaries we've set, the more we've had control. So the freer we have felt. Yes. Um, so that's, it doesn't feel like it, like it should translate that way because you think boundaries, like you're blocking things and stuff, but the truth is you're blocking what isn't necessary in your life and giving yourself more room to grow for what you believe is necessary in your life and moving forward in a better direction. So that's just been amazing for me, for both of us, really, um, as of late to kind of really really start to embrace that like we are free to make our choices um kind of thing mm -hmm. um but an example that we came up with is for example if you have a car if anybody could just borrow it without asking and they could just drive it into the ocean or take it away forever doesn't sound like fun and there's no freedom in that i mean you could lose your car at any second now we want you to think about that Replace car with your body or your mind. Think of the trauma that can take place in that scenario. If somebody literally has control over your body or your mind, a lot of times with what we're talking about, it's through the mind. It's terrifying to think of someone have total control of you, like they're a puppet master and just, you know, pulling the strings. That's why you have to put these boundaries in place. That's why it's so important because you could leave yourself open to being attacked or hurt on a daily basis. And like we were talking about before, we don't flinch as much when the phone rings or anything like, because the people who are contacting us are the people who we want in our life, who are positive, who even if they're having a bad day, there's still a respect and a give and take and they want us there we want them there mm -hmm. it's not just random drama for random drama's sake yeah for so. sure yeah i was gonna say like more boundaries equals less anxiety yes yeah so this can make it more likely for you to drink if you don't have uh, boundaries in place um the drinking then becomes your freedom um even though we know it's it's more like a prison so you know that's like the opposite of freedom yeah and a big part of why boundaries are important in sobriety is the space that they take up um, with other people's abuse and even your own abuse towards yourself that can then be like transformed into a space for hopes and dreams to grow to become part of your reality yeah and that's just the truth of that it might sound a little weird but 
that's just what happens, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And something else that I would like to mention is how certain people view freedom, right? So for kids, freedom just means I can do whatever I want all the time, right? And I think the problem is a lot of us as adults, I mean, I'm guilty of this, is still wanting to think that that's freedom. Yeah. Because you can be selfish and mm-hmm. and all these things, but that's not actually what freedom is at all. Yeah. Freedom's responsibility and freedom is, you know, sometimes- Making choices. Yeah, and sometimes doing stuff you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So that's like the adult version of freedom and the the one that is actually freedom because the other ones that's it's not freedom it's just i don't know it's just selfishness and no responsibility yeah so yeah i just wanted to mention that yeah i mean it's it's as an adult it's freedom to choose freedom to have a choice um you know which it's so incredible to be able to just have a choice that you want even if it's like something hard you know like Becoming parents, getting a new home, uh, starting over with your career, you know, pushing your body or your mind to new limits um, in a different way. You get to choose that hard instead of someone pushing a certain hard that they want you to choose. Yeah, no, there's because then there's usually no passion behind it. But you have that passion that that can really. Wow, it can it's just like putting gasoline on the fire. Yeah, just. It's just way more intense and you can get a lot more done. Absolutely. Yeah. So in with talking about this, we want to now talk about how to do boundaries for yourself. And this is actually just as important, if not more important, than when you place boundaries for others. So we want you to set up personal boundaries in a way that helps you get the vision of the life you wanted. And... Like we, we've talked about in previous podcasts, it might be something simple as, you know, get, getting a, getting into a job and getting there every day on time. Like, you know, like it can be simple goals, but you can also have big dreams too. And like being able to set up that vision really helps you set up which boundaries matter most. Yeah, and um, if you want the best connection with your wife, for example, one boundary to talk about is um, what what do you consider cheating and what does your uh, partner consider cheating? Mm-hmm. And this is what, what my friend uh, was talking about. And um, me and him were pretty much saying how everyone has a different version of like what cheating is, like emotional cheating or physical. And so you, you both come to an agreement on what exactly cheating is. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you don't break that agreement. But at least you both know like, what is cheating? Because because people can be like, oh, that wasn't really flirting, mm-hmm. or oh, and not that we have this issue because yeah. it's never really been an issue, but it's a good one to talk about because it's a good it's a good comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason we think it's a good comparison is actually when I was still drinking, because obviously we have different sobriety dates. So when I was still drinking, Josh actually presented it to me as like. When you're drinking, I feel like you're cheating on me with the bottle. Mm-hmm. And that was it for me. That was easily the final straw because, like, he put it in a context where I was like, oh, my God, I have to stop this right now. I have to do everything I can because our relationship mattered so much to me. And I could tell when he put it in that words how much it hurt him. 
and I never wanted to do it again. Um, so, I mean, it sucked hearing it that way, but I'm glad he did say it because to the two of us, like cheating's, you know, the end all be all, like we cannot do it. So sometimes you have to put it in a context uh, with addiction to be the end all be all because you know, if you are addicted, you have to find that last straw. And that was it for me when Josh told me, like, yeah, it feels like you're cheating on me when you go to the bottle instead of you go to me. <laughs> and I just, yeah, I couldn't even believe how big of an impact that had on my view of it. Because it was always like I would go to the bottle because it felt good for me. But, and I knew I'd hurt people in the past with it. Um with my parents, with, you know, my brother, like friends, I knew I'd hurt people, but to put it at such a level for me was just like, oh my God, like, I can't believe I've been doing this to all these people and especially to Josh. So that, that really hit me in the core. Um, so, but because of this, we both know that boundaries that you place on yourself are basically a moral code. And it's the way to navigate the world. If you stick to your moral code, others will have a harder time bringing you down. Um, And also, you will have a harder time bringing yourself down as you will build self-respect as long as you abide by your code. So, yeah, yeah, with the the cheating, like, drinking was, like, I thought that was, like, cheating. Well, I I did feel that way, Mm -hmm. you know. And I wasn't, like, trying to make you feel bad or whatever. Oh, I know. I didn't didn't know how much of an impact it actually ever made on you. I didn't know that was like the final straw. Mm -hmm. But it really did feel like that. Because I was using that instead of coming to you. And I didn't realize like I I was in a way cheating on you. Yeah. (laughs) But you couldn't have come to me. No. I mean, but like emotionally in that way, I was kind of cheating because when I didn't feel like I could talk to you about something, I would drink. And then I would be a jerk. <laughs> um, yeah. So either way, it, it hurt you. Um, but when you put it in that context and I really realized the level of it, that's when I was able to like be like, no, I can't do this anymore. Um, because that was the last thing I wanted to do to you is cheat on you in any way. Yeah. Um, so that really made the biggest difference. Yeah. And... And I guess the reason why I said that is because, you know, like when somebody's drinking and, you know, I've done it too, which when, when you're drinking, uh, nothing else matters besides the drinking, right? Mm-hmm. So then you're not going to, you're going to feel like your partner's ignoring you and and starting a connection with somebody else. And that is, you know, in our case, that was you were having a connection with the bottle. The bottle. And then this can go into other areas too. People can even like nowadays, like the phone thing is a huge thing where yeah. people are kind of like connected to their phone more than uh, their partner. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I never knew that it was that intense for you. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we've always had such a strong connection. So when, you know, it's altered in some way, we both get upset, obviously. Yeah. And I didn't want to do anything to compromise that. No, I didn't. And like, like I said, like that's when, because we did have a really good connection and I just didn't want that to be ruined in any way. That was, that was all I needed to hear because, you know, 
I, I've had other boyfriends before Josh. You know, I'm 33 now. Ugh. <laughs> but, like... You, still, you, you know, you look like you're 27. Oh, jeez. He's just being <laughs> nice. Um, but, you know, I've had other boyfriends in the past, but, like, I've never had the support that I've had with Josh. And choosing between Josh and my freedom with the bottle there wasn't even a comparison like if I had to choose one or the other and when he said like it feels like cheating I was like oh my god I'm done I have to be done like (laughs) because I didn't want to lose the support I had Um, because I knew if I was going to get sober he was going to be a big part of that journey Um, because I tried and failed for 10 years Um, you know like I tried alone I tried to sponsors I tried with other people's support but I knew he understood me enough that it mattered the most and he accepted me the most so I I couldn't lose that I was afraid to lose that and you know it be it became one of my whys I have you know multiple whys but not losing you was part of my why like I can't keep drinking if I'm going to keep this. So, you know, that, that mattered a lot to me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like the, like we're talking about the connection was strong. It's like you needed a strong connection to break your connection with alcohol. Yes. Because, you know, it, like when you're in addiction, it can feel like alcohol gets you. Yeah. Right. Oh no, it did. (laughs) It did. And it helps, you know, (laughs) I don't know. It's, it, it was like, for me, it was like my buddy, you know, like, and I could like tell him stuff and cry and he was okay with it. Mm-hmm. Like, didn't judge me. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's hard. It's, so it's hard to find that like out in the real world, but it's out there, mm-hmm. you know, you just got to start throwing out positivity and, and, you know, positive people will start to come towards you and whatnot. Absolutely. You know, and we just wanted to talk about these boundaries because, you know, we realize, obviously, and we're even still realizing, like, the importance of the boundaries. You know, we're four and almost three years sober, and we're still trying to piece together what boundaries are best for us, what our limits are, you know. And sometimes we push it to the limit. Like, even, like, with my pregnancy, I'm trying to finish all these things before our baby girl comes and some days I'm pushing it a little too hard because I'm so used to my old body um, being able to keep up. Um, Not that I regret it in any single second, like don't not get me wrong. Um, (laughs) It's just, I'm used to being able to keep going when I'm, even when I'm tired and I just can't do that anymore. Um, I have to listen to my body. Um, Even that's a boundary for me that I have to like, cope with but all these new boundaries are just helping us learn bigger and better and more important things about ourselves and we just wanted to give that to you guys because having boundaries is your code like we said before it's the code that'll help you with your confidence it's the code that'll help you with your self-love it's the code that'll just keep you on the path that you really need to be on to continue long-term sobriety and even short-term sobriety. Because, you know, if I had realized boundaries were part of it in the earlier times when I was trying to get sober, 
I would have tried to say no sometimes when people were pushing me, like, or, like, and I'm not saying not pushing me to get sober. Like, that was obviously needed to be pushed. I'm talking about when they would just push my buttons after that. Mm -hmm. And I would let them do it and let them take control. And then after a while, I'd have the fuck it's and eventually go to the bottle because I didn't have control over my own life. So that's why we wanted to talk to you guys about boundaries because just the importance of it and understanding your limits is so, so important. Thanks for listening to Alternatives to AA. If you would like to contact us directly, please shoot us an email at alternatives to AA 2021 at gmail.com. We also hope that you continue to join us on Mondays at 6 p.m. You can watch us live on YouTube. You can subscribe to us that way as well. You can leave us a five-star rating and follow us on Spotify. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, we ask that you please leave a rating and an honest review. We'll see you next week. Bye.